Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well. We are talking about the call of God, and uh, uh, we have so far talked about, I mean, the last thing we talked about was basically your, uh, you know, things you have to develop in, in the ministry. If you want to minister to people either in, uh, you know, if God has called you to the fivefold ministry gifts, or if he has called you to minister in a supportive ministry spaces like a lay person, uh, we have to develop in certain things. And we spoke about those things the past few days. Now we are going to talk about the fivefold ministry gifts, that is apostles, <coughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. But uh, first, I want to give you background. This will take a couple of days. And I want to talk to you by, uh, by telling you what is the kind of people that God calls to the fivefold ministry gifts. Sorry, I needed that. What kind of minute, what kind of people does God call to the fivefold ministry gifts? Now, to understand that, I'm going to spend some time talking about certain things that the Apostle Paul says. And he talks about the kind of people that God calls to the ministry, the kind of people that God uses. And then he talks about his own life. So this will give us an, it is very important for us to have an insight and understanding so that we know this is the kind of person that God uses and I want to be that kind of person. Now, here Paul, he's writing to the Corinthians. So uh, I'm going to read to you two passages uh, from Corinthians. And the first one is 2 Corinthians 1, 2 to 5. So this is what he writes to the Corinthians. He says, as for myself, brethren, this is the beginning of his second epistle to the Corinthians. As for myself, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony and evidence or mystery and secret of God concerning what he has done through Christ for the salvation of men in lofty words of eloquence or human philosophy and wisdom. So what he's saying is that when I came to you, brethren, he's writing to the church in Corinth. This is his second epistle, by the way. He says, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony and the evidence and the mystery and the secret of God uh, concerning what he has done for us through Christ in lofty. In lofty would mean highfalutin in modern day language, high, high language, high words of eloquence or words of human philosophy and wisdom. Then he says, verse 12, for I resolved to know nothing to be acquainted with, to, with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was in weakness and fear and great trembling after I had come among you, and my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the spirit and of power, a proof by the spirit and the power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men in human philosophy, but in the power of God. So what he's saying is this, that he's writing to the Corinthians. This is a second epistle. And in fact, 
in the first epistle, he says something pretty similar, and I'm going to read it to, read it to you in a minute. But what he's saying to this, he's writing to the letters in Corinth, and he says, brothers, when I came to you, I did not come to you proclaiming uh, the message of uh, what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. I didn't come to you proclaiming the gospel message in eloquent words of human philosophy and wisdom. And note this, these words, and I'll soon explain to you why he is pointing this out. He says, I didn't come to you bringing the message of Jesus in eloquent words of human wisdom and in eloquent words of philosophy. He says, because I resolved that when I would come to you, I would know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was in a state of weakness and dread and great trembling among you. And he says, and my language, the way he spoke and my message, what he spoke. So the way he spoke and what he spoke were not set forth in persuasive, enticing and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of uh, the Holy Ghost and with power, uh, and so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, in human philosophy, but in the power of God. And he said, all this was because I didn't want your faith to rest in the power of, on the philosophy of man, but in the power of God. Okay, now let's go to 1 Corinthians, and I'm reading from verse uh, uh, verse number 17 and uh, okay verses 17 to 31 in first Corinthians chapter 1 17 to 31 and this is what he says he says, um, let me, hang on, let me, let me get this for you. Okay, so he says, For Christ the Messiah sent me not to baptize, but to evangelize by preaching the glad tidings, the gospel, and that not with verbal eloquence. He's going back to the same thing. He said, because this is the first epistle. He says, God didn't send me to, uh, to preach the good news uh, uh, with verbal eloquence, lest the cross of Jesus should be deprived of force and emptied of its power and rendered vain. For the story and the message of the cross is sure absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition, but unto us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. For it is written, I will baffle and render useless and destroy the learning of the learned and the philosophy of the philosophers and the cleverness of the clever and the discerning discernment of the discerning. I will frustrate and nullify them and bring them down to nothing. Where is the wise man, the philosopher? Where is the scribe, the scholar? Where is the investigator, the logician, the debater of this present time and age? Has not God shown up the nonsense and the folly of this world's wisdom? For when the world with all its earthly wisdom 
fail to perceive and recognize and know God by means of its own philosophy, God in his wisdom was pleased through the foolishness of preaching salvation procured by Christ and had to be through him to save those who believed, who clung to, trusted in and relied on him. For while Jews demandingly <coughs> asked for signs and miracles and Greeks pursue philosophy and wisdom, we preach Christ the Messiah crucified, preaching which to the Jews is a stumbling block and a, and a scandal. And to the Gentiles, it is absurd and utterly unphilosophical nonsense. But to those who are called, whether Jew or Greek or Gentile, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Okay, let us stop here and let us put a context to what he's saying. What he's basically saying is that when I came to, he's writing to the church in Corinth, in Corinth, he said, when I came to you, he says, I, I didn't come with enticing words of man wisdom or human philosophy and explaining to the gospel to you in the context of human wisdom and philosophy. And, but I came with fear and trembling and because I resolved that when I was with you, I would know nothing else, nobody else but Christ and him crucified so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom and the philosophy of man, but in the power of God. And then he said, then in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, the verses 17 onwards, he kind of repeats the same thing, but in different words. He brings out a different nuance, a different angle to it. And what he says is this, he says, Jesus didn't send me to preach the gospel. Uh, uh, and and uh, he, you know, he says, Jesus sent me to preach the gospel, but not with human eloquence, not with uh, human wisdom, because yeah, I didn't want the, the gospel of Christ, I didn't want the cross of Christ to be deprived of its power and emptied of its power and rendered by it. That means, in other words, what he's saying is that human eloquence and human wisdom empties the cross of Jesus of its power, deprives it, deprives it of its power and makes it fruitless. He says, uh, then he says, <coughs> Then he says, for when the world with all its earthly wisdom failed to perceive and recognize and know God by means of his own philosophy. He says, the world tried so hard to know God through its own philosophy. God in his wisdom was pleased. He chose that people should be saved through the foolishness of the preaching of Christ. Because he says the preaching of Christ is foolishness to the normal uh, intellectual man, but God chose it was through that foolishness that man should be saved because man through his own wisdom and philosophy had failed to get to know God. He says that is why he says the Jews ask for signs and miracles and Greeks pursue philosophy and wisdom. We preach Christ crucified, which to Jews is a scandal and an offense and to the Gentiles, that is the Greeks, it is an absurd and utterly unphilosophical nonsense. Now, let me give you context and background to it, why he's saying this. You see, Paul was a very eloquent and educated man. He was not a dummy. I mean, he was not like your regular guy, you know, with no education, uh, going around saying hallelujah, praise God. I mean, he was sharp as a knife. Okay, he was, 
he was so wise he was so smart he could sit with the greek philosophers and debate the smartest of them he understood their way of thinking he understood their philosophy so he was a paul was a thinking man uh, he was a man he was a thinking man he was a thinker he was a deep thinker he himself was a philosopher so he understood how they thought so what happened was that when paul came to athens uh, that was the first place he actually preached in europe he stood at a place called mars hill and that was the first place in europe where the gospel was preached and i've actually been there it's right in the center of athens i have been to mars hills and and stood at the very spot where the apostle paul stood and preached the gospel so when he and when you are in mars hill you're standing there if you look down the hill it's actually not a hill in that sense not a mountain it's just a a, a rock which is maybe 30 feet high or 40 feet high when you, when you stand there you look down and you can see the ruins of the places where paul and they'll tell you if you have a good guide they'll tell you that is where paul debated with the philosophers and that's there was a temple and all that they will point out the places okay so when paul came to athens and the greeks were known for their philosophy for their wisdom and and their many philosophers many of these thinkers in athens was known for them so when paul came there he decided to engage the philosophers of athens in philosophical discourse uh, um, how do you say presenting the gospel to them in the context of philosophy almost like a seeker friendly type of thing that he decided to go that way and bring the gospel to them in the context of philosophy well he discussed with them back and forth <coughs> and the result was nothing came out of it literally nothing came out of it so paul was disappointed and he went to corinth and when he went to corinth corinth was the next place he preached in he had learned his lesson so he decided when i come to corinth and stand before the people of corinth i am not going to come to them with eloquence and philosophy because that's what the athenians the people of athens res- uh, respected and they like he said i'm not going to do the same thing that i did in athens because that didn't work i'm not going to engage these people in 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 eloquent discussions of philosophy because and just impress them and present the gospel to them through my eloquence through my philosophy because you could do that that's what he had tried in athens and it hadn't worked he said what i'm going to do i'm going to go all out and i am going to preach christ crucified because i have realized that this thing about philosophy and eloquent discussions it empties the christ empties the cross of christ of its power and renders the gospel ineffectual ineffective and useless and he said i'm not going to make the same mistake again here i'm going to preach nothing but christ crucified and so what he says there's a he said that's why i was there in fear and trembling why because he was outside of his comfort zone 
Paul was such a thinker. So you put him in a place where people used to thinking, people used to debate and Paul was in his element. I mean, that's where he was good. When he was among a bunch of thinkers debating philosophy with them, he was right there in his element. But take him away from that and tell him, Paul, you're not going to uh, go into this eloquence and this philosophical thing. Suddenly he was out of his comfort zone and he says I was in fear and trembling and I didn't know what to say didn't know what to do but I had decided I'm going to do nothing else but preach Christ and him crucified and he preached Christ and Jesus Christ crucified and miracles began to happen and people were saved and people were healed and wonderful things happened and Paul started a church in Corinth that became a very powerful church. So much so that two of the main epistles in the New Testament were written to the church in Corinth. While nothing had happened in Athens, which was the big city where Paul was in his elements and element and he has discussed he brought the gospel in the context of philosophy. Obviously, nothing has happened because in the New Testament, you don't find an epistle to the church in Athens. Maybe he had a little group there, but he had no significant impact there because he said he brought the gospel and debated with the philosophers. So Paul was the first preacher who rejected this seeker-friendly gospel that he seeks to compromise that seeks to soften and take the edges of the gospel and bring the gospel in a context that is palatable to people but it's not Holy Ghost friendly it's people friendly but it's not Holy Ghost friendly and that is that is what he is talking about so he says when I came to you he says I did not come to you proclaiming uh, the gospel in lofty words of uh, eloquence or human wisdom and philosophy. Why? Because he knew what had happened in Athens. He hadn't worked. He says, for I resolved that I would know nothing among you except um, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And my language and my message, my preaching and the way I preach were not set forth in persuasive words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man and human philosophy, but on the power of God. So anyway, so this is, I gave you a context. So you understand why he's saying these words that I came to you stripped of my eloquence, stripped of my philosophy, and I preached nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, the reason I said this, because if you read the following verses, you will understand. Uh, and let me let, let me continue with this. He says, uh, for while Jews demandingly ask for signs and mir one, miracles and wonders and Greeks pursue philosophy and wonder. He says the the Jews want for signs uh, and the Greeks want philosophy and wisdom. But what we do, we preach Christ crucified. I mean, Jews who want this conquering Messiah who will come and defeat the Romans out and establish his kingdom. To them, we preach a beaten, bruised, crucified and dying cross upon the uh, Christ upon the cross, who is the total opposite of what they believe the Messiah should be like. So for them, the gospel is a stumbling block. 
And to the Gentiles, it is absurd and unphilosophical nonsense because there's no philosophy built into the gospel. There's no eloquent, highfalutin philosophy bring, built into the gospel. And we are talking about somebody who came to this world, lived for 33 years, did miracles, and then he died upon the cross and he was raised from the dead and he's ascended to the Father and he's coming back. And the Jews say, what kind of nonsense is this? So our gospel is an offense both to the Jews and to the Greeks. He says, but we, we preach Christ crucified. We preach this message that is a stumbling block, that is an offense and we do not adapt the message to please the to please the Jews we don't adapt the message to please the Gentiles but we preach it in its raw brutal glory we preach this Christ who was whipped and bruised and beaten and crowned with thorns and he was crucified and he bled for six hours and he died upon that cross we preach Christ crucified but to us who are called, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God and he is the power of God. And then he says, because the foolish things, he says, the foolish thing that comes from God is wiser than the wisest thing that comes from man. And he says, then he says, he says, the, the, the foolish thing from God is stronger than the wisdom of man. He said, that's why we preach this foolish gospel. The gospel that is that Greeks laugh at, that the Jews reject, the world rejects it, but we preach it anyway, because we know that the power of God, the saving power, the healing power of God is found in that gospel and it is not found in that watered down man altered edited seeker friendly gospel that's not where the power is the power is in this gospel and then it says then he goes on to say i want you to listen to this because we are talking about what kind of people does god use he says verse 26 then he says for simply consider your own call, brethren. Not many of you were considered to be wise according to human estimates and standards. Not many influential and powerful. Not many of high and noble birth. No, for God selected, he deliberately chose what in the world is foolish to put the wise to shame and what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. And God also deliberately chose what in the world is lowborn and insignificant and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing that he might depose and bring to nothing the things that are so that no mortal man should have pretense for glorying and boast in the presence of God. For it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as righteousness and our consecration. So then as it is written, let him boast and let him who boasts and proudly rejoices and glories boast and proudly rejoice and glory in the Lord. Now, what he's, I want to put this all together. <coughs> what he's saying is this. He says that 
when I, you know the Greeks wanted philosophy and they wanted eloquence but I tried it in Athens and it didn't work so when I came to you I came not with any eloquence, not with any human wisdom, but I came and I preached the message of Christ and Him crucified so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Then he begins to say that the wisdom, that, that, the, that God has brought the wisdom of the world to nothing because the foolish things of God are wiser than the wisest thing of man. So, and he says, so God has chosen this foolish gospel which is despised and looked on by the world as 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 the only message that can save people and he said that is what god has chosen he has chosen the foolish of the world to put the wise of the world to uh, to be saved he said that's just the way that god god works so he's talking about the message this foolish message is why because it is it is the foolishness of god is greater than the wisdom of man so now from the message he switches over to the messengers he says so look at yourself you didn't come from high birth you are not very eloquent you are ordinary people because god has chosen to use vessels that are uh, insignificant they are lowborn and they're branded and treated with contempt even the things that are nothing people who are nobodies god chooses them to bring to naught those who think they are of something. Why? So that no mortal man can have the pretense to boast in the presence of God and say, look at me, God uses me because, you know, I, I, I meet preachers these days who say, oh, I was this great executive, I worked with this Fortune 500 companies and I was in Forbes magazine and then I got saved and I sacrificed everything to serve God, you know, so they're basically boasting in who they were and as if serving God is a step down from where they were. But the Bible says that's not the way it is. God chooses, God doesn't have place for such people. He chooses people who are lowborn, people who are nothing, people who are despised and looked down in the world to bring to naught those who are something. And why does God use such people? Because He wants to show that it is he and not man who does the work. So that is why he says, if anyone is going to boast and glory, let him boast and glory in the Lord, that I'm not a self-made man, but I'm a God-made man. God is the one who called me. God is the one who chose me. And God is the one who anointed me. So that is the kind of person who God uses. God chooses that which is not, that which is nothing, that which is looked down upon. God chooses the foolish things of the world to, to befuddle that which is considered wise and great in the eyes of man. God chooses such people so that no mortal man can take the glory unto himself and say that it is because of me. Well, praise God. We will continue and tomorrow we'll talk about the calling of Paul because I'm not finished with this as yet, but it will continue in that. So you will understand it, uh, really, uh, you know, how God uses because Paul, uh, you know, he, he, he was not insignificant and lowborn. I mean, he was quite something and still these are the words of the Apostle Paul and Paul is saying God uses those who are nothing. 
but Paul was something. But the interesting with that with Paul was that he found that although God called him when he was something, God had to bring him down until he was nothing, and he he looked back at his uh, theological background as being a Pharisee and a, a Pharisee of Pharisee of a of good Jewish stock, he says, all those things as count as done so that I may be found in Christ. So it's very interesting that Paul, who was high born, Paul, who came, who had a good pedigree, he was something, somebody, God had to make him nothing because it was only in being nothing that he could be somebody because he could not stand upon his pedigree, his background and serve God. All that had to come down and be brought to nothing. And he had to reject all that. He says, I count it as done. I count it as waste. I count it as done that I may be found in Christ. So the gospel is the great leveler in the sense that here there are people who are who are used by God just because they are nothing. They are nobodies, but God picks them up and uses them. And here is somebody who's called by God who is a somebody. But then Paul, by his own admission, he was a somebody, but he had to become a nobody so he could become a somebody. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at that tomorrow. How Paul, who was a somebody, was actually brought down and made a nobody because God could then God could use him. And we see that through history. We, we see in the life of Moses. Moses, he who was somebody, had to be brought down and become nobody because God could use him. And all of us who are called to the fivefold ministry gift, this is our story. We, some of us, we were nobodies, but God had to, uh, God could use them. Then there's those of us who were somebodies, but God had to bring us down and take that somebody out of us and become uh, nobody so we could be in level terms with those who were born as nobodies so we could serve God together. That is a wonderful, wonderful truth and we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Well, I love you. Sweet blessing on your life. God bless you and see you tomorrow. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand upon their lives. Use them mightily for your glory. Put your hand upon them, Father and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.